the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and uh, I am excited, uh, really, to uh, uh, be, join you again in uh, yet another Let Us Reason uh, live stream. Uh, of course, uh, we are always thankful for your support and your partnership. And as always, I want to just thank you for your participation, your email. I receive a lot of wonderful emails from you folks, especially about this uh, new series that I just started it a couple of weeks ago concerning government politics and the Bible. And you'll be surprised how many people actually, uh, you know, complimented us on at least addressing the issue, not necessarily uh, I'm looking for that. Of course, I'm not looking for any um, accolades, uh, but I'm thankful that people feel like it's timely. And indeed, it is timely if you're living in the U.S. in particular. Uh, last time we talked about, and, and let me just give a quick, uh, a quick background of what I mean by that. Uh, last time, I mentioned that there are five views uh, when it comes to the relationship between politics and religion and i stated to you that we are going to address each one of those views uh, last week's view was the first one which is that uh, which stated that government should compel religion meaning uh, the government should force its own religion let's say maybe the government considers itself to be an islamic government or the government considers itself to be a Jewish government, or a government uh, considers itself to be a, re a Christian government, whatever the case might be, the government will have its own sanctioned state or um, a basically um, a political uh, religious entity that represents it, and then they force that religion on others, and therefore people are being compelled to either follow that religion or face persecution. Today, we're going to address a second view, and of course, we said that that view is erroneous. That's not what the Bible teaches, and we showed a couple of examples from the Bible, and specifically from the Gospel, and one such example was from Luke, where, uh, you know, some of the disciples were disturbed that people in the area of Samaria did not want anything to do with Jesus, so the uh, apostles asked Jesus if they can pray and ask for fire to come down from heaven, and Jesus rebuked him for that because Jesus is not about forcing himself over on people. And the second view that we're going to address today says that government should exclude religion. So there is no room for religion in any uh, political or government affairs, basically. So uh, this view, when we're talking about the U.S., is promoted by ACLU, which stands for Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Uh, 
and obviously other uh, secular societies as well promote the same view. Now, this view holds that religious belief should be kept at home and be quieted down, that there should be no influence whatsoever from religious beliefs or groups in any of the political process that will be followed. In fact, you are right now, if you're listening to this, you are going to be dealing with this very issue during the expected um, uh, hearing for the uh, Supreme Court nominee, uh, Judge Amy. Uh, Judge, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the exact spelling of her name, uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, I want to be respectful, of course. I don't want to butcher that. So you are going to hear over and over again during the um, uh, the process, the the, uh, the 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 hearing process, I should say, that certain uh, you know senators are going to bring up Catholicism into their questioning. In other words, what they are uh, alluding to and what they are asserting uh, is that. Judge Amy is not qualified to hold that position at the Supreme Court simply because of her religious affiliation. In other words, in their mind, it's going to be impossible for her to be impartial, and therefore she's going to bring her own political, uh, her own religious views into her own decisions. But if that's the case, I guess what everybody's asking now to have atheists on the Supreme Court, if that's what we're looking for. I don't think, uh, you know, there is any uh, basically justifications whatsoever when it comes to these kind of, uh, uh, you know, strange requests and strange allusions. In fact, uh, Lord willing, next episode, I am going just to walk us through the First Amendment uh, of the United States Constitution. And I'll show you there that, um, you know, the language is very clear that people are free to follow whatever they feel like it is the right, uh, you know, worldview for them. And the Bible supports the freedom of religion in the first place and never wants people to be forced to follow a certain God, in this case, our God, or a certain belief, simply because you lose genuineness of faith. If you force someone to follow a religion, that faith cannot be genuine anymore, cannot be sincere anymore, and therefore there is no benefit whatsoever from that. And God is not about accumulating numbers. He's, about, he's not about the quantity of people. He's about the quality of the faith itself. Now, we have an example, for instance, that represents this. The Colorado Marriage Amendment uh, uh, fits this uh, example. Uh, the overturned death penalties, uh, the valedictorian speech restrictions that you cannot bring Jesus or faith or anything like that in your speech, and the list can go on and on and on, and people can go, of course, and do your own Google search in these cases that I just mentioned, and you'll read about them. Uh, this view overrides the will of the people, technically speaking, and it changes freedom of religion into freedom from religion. And notice I said, you need atheists in this case, if that's really going to be the case. And obviously, that's, that will be terrible uh, to have uh, Supreme Court judges who do not believe in faith or God or whatsoever, because I can tell you this much, you take God out of man's heart 
and all things are possible. And uh, you will begin to see drastic changes in values, virtues, and so on and so forth. Now, this would invalidate, of course, the reasoning found in the Declaration of Independence, where the founding fathers wrote that God gives human beings the rights that governments seek to protect. I mean, otherwise, the First Amendment will be thrown out of the window, actually, if that's the case. This view also would distort the meaning of the First Amendment, where it says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. Establishment of religion means an established state church, a government-sponsored or endorsed denomination or religion. Thomas Jefferson wrote to the uh, Danbury Baptist of Connecticut to affirm that the First Amendment was to keep government out of the affairs of the church, not the other way around, not keeping the church out of the affairs of the government. And that's a huge distinction. It's one thing to say we want to keep the church out of any political events. It's another to say we want to keep politics out of the church. In other words, everyone is free to believe whatever they believe in, but they have every right to participate in the political process. It is, after all, a government of the people, by the people, for the people. Otherwise, if you throw religion out, you're saying it's government of atheist people, for uh, by atheist people for atheist people i mean that's pretty much uh, what's it's going on lately and uh, that in other words atheism becomes the religion now of the land i mean it's it's awkward isn't it? it we go back again to the first view which is government shall not compel uh, religion on people atheism is a religion in of itself so i'm i'm trying to reason with people here and i'll ask you to think about it this way now, this particular view also wrongly restricts freedom of religion and freedom of speech. They go hand in hand, by the way. If the government seeks to prohibit Christians and Jews and others, basically other religious backgrounds, if they seek to prohibit them from exercising their religious freedom when arguing for an amendment to a state constitution, or arguing for a certain jury verdict, or praying at a public event, it is wrongly restricting both the freedom of religion and the freedom of speech and freedom of expression, whatever the case might be. A free society requires that people can base their political views on whatever reasoning and authority they prefer. Let me repeat again. A free society requires that people can base their political views on whatever reasoning and authority they prefer and allows them to attempt to persuade others. That's freedom. 
Okay. Now, this particular view was never adopted by the American people. Rather than adoption by the American people, this view is promoted through raw judicial power. So it's the judicial power that is attempting and has been doing so for uh, decades now to overturn this First Amendment right. For instance, take, for example, Lemon versus Kurtzman in 1971, a case where government actions must not have the primary effect of advancing or inhibiting religion. That's what the case stated. It also, this particular view that says you need to separate government from religion completely and have religion basically stay quiet, this, uh, this view removes from government God's teaching about good and evil. Romans 13.4 actually contradict this view. Romans 13.4 says, For he, referring to the government, by the way, or the government authority, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. In other words, God is saying government and government authority are my agent to institute righteousness and also punish evil. But when you take God out of the mix and throw religion out, and obviously we're talking here about the Bible and the followers of the Bible, when you take that out, which is really the foundation for our nation, Take it and throw it out. Now all things are possible. Every person becomes their own authority and every administration becomes its own authority and there'll be no consistency anymore and it depends on which party at which decade and which who's holding power and what office to decide what is freedom and what is not freedom. That will be a chaos. We're seeing signs of it already, folks. I hope you're praying for this nation. I hope you're praying for the future generation. I hope you're praying for wisdom. I hope you're praying that things will turn back to the good because the trajectory based on what we're seeing is not looking good at all. I don't want to sound like I am the bearer of bad news, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a genius to figure that out. Things are getting from bad to worse at all levels, including ethics, virtues, morality, and that goes to the heart of what we're talking about here clearly. So how can government officials serve God if no one is allowed to tell them what they believe God expects of them? And such a view has to assume that is there is no God, I, I, like I told you earlier. You are assuming there is no God, so atheism becomes the law of the land and the religion of the land, basically. You are using atheism, the belief there is no God, as your driving force. That's a religion in and of itself, by the way. You are already compelling your religious view, or lack of in this case, on others. 
and that does not really jive with what the founding fathers had in mind, with what the Constitution had in, uh, in, in place, but above all of the, that, does not really line up with what God has in mind for us and for, uh, you know, the government authority in the first place. So just, uh, you know, the idea that we have to assume there is no God or that his morality is not normative, you know, it's a recipe for disaster, actually. Because everyone, now, now you get into relativism. Everyone will do what is good in their own eyes. If, if you want to know what that would look like, go and read the book of Judges, the book of Judges in Old Testament. It, it, this statement that every man did what is good in their own eye was repeated more than once to show you the, the fact that when man relies on its own judgment, sinful people rely on their own wicked judgment, all things are possible and chaos ensues and more immorality becomes the norm, which is terrible. And the, the nation of Israel, the people of God, went through that for 300 years, or 300 plus years at least. And you just go and read the disaster that happened in there in that uh, book because of all of this. Now, what are some biblical examples that I can show you here of God's people giving counsel to rulers? In other words, did the Bible teach that believers in Yahweh had a role to play in government affairs and political affairs? And absolutely, we have ample evidence of this. Let's start with the prophet Daniel. His story is an amazing story, actually. In Daniel 4.27, this is what Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar. He says, therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. He was telling this to Nebuchadnezzar, the most notorious dictator probably in the history of mankind in his days. And yet Daniel was courageous enough to remind him of the God-given virtues and reminding him that he's a sinner and he needs to snap out of his actions. Does this sound to you that religion was quiet? In Luke 3, verse 19, Herod the, it says that, but Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, speaking of John the Baptist now, and his encounter with Herod the Tetrarch, John the Baptist rebuked Herod the governor, or in this case, let's call him the king of Judea. He didn't care that he was the king of Judea. He rebuked him for his sinful actions. Why? Because of the affairs that he has with his brother's wife and for all the evil things that Herod had done. Does this sound like religion was quiet? What about the Apostle Paul in Acts 24, verse 25? And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, this is Paul, while he's reasoning with the governor, Felix was alarmed and said, go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. We don't really know if that ever happened. We don't even know if Felix ever heeded to what Paul was preaching to him about the gospel and reminding him of judgment, the coming judgment. 
Does that sound like Paul was throwing religion out the door and using only uh, secular methods? Absolutely not. He was reasoning based on his faith and his belief. And now he didn't force it on Felix, evidenced by the fact Felix was troubled by it, but didn't make a decision and didn't feel like Paul is compelling him. That's what the Constitution was founded upon, things as this. The spiritual basis, by the way, the spiritual basis for the exclude religion view uh, has to do with the fact that this view would remove from an entire nation any sense of an absolute morality or absolute moral standards. In other words, the standards become relative. Relativism becomes the norm. What is good for you is good for you only. It may not be good for me. You do what you think is right. I do what I think of right. Think about that for now, for a second here. You just think about that. So if I don't like you, I'll tell you, you know what? In my view, I don't like you and I should really punish you because that's my view. That's what I think is right. Love becomes fake because love to you is different than love to me. Loving your neighbor to you is different than what loving my neighbor means to me. Loving myself may be more important than loving you. Just think about that. That's exactly why this view is terrible. And yet, folks, we're headed in that direction. That's exactly the view that is taken over now. You don't believe me? Turn on TV and see for yourself. That's what is taking place. In fact, this nation have taken a 180-degree turn in such a short period of time. It's amazing, and it's very alarming at the same time. And only God can institute his justice and righteousness and bring back his wisdom to the minds of these leaders and authorities. That's why prayer is important. The goal of this particular view that I just mentioned, which asked for the separation or total separation of religion from politics, is not only to uh, uh, its goal, not only the destruction of all belief in God, but also the complete moral disintegration of a society. And that's also where, uh, where we are headed. Just take a look at, uh, you know, the, the things that happen in Seattle, for instance. And, the, you know, the idea that uh, a group of people can decide that they have an autonomy, uh, autonomy, I should say, and they can do whatever they want. Did that work for them? Did it work well? for the businesses over there? Did it work well for the mayor? Did it work well for the government over there? What about Portland and the destructions that are taking place and the rioting? What about Chicago? What about what happened in Wisconsin? What about New York? I mean, you just take a look at everything that is happening, folks. There is absolutely sad states of affair that has taken place. And our role as a believer, as believers in Christ, to rise up to the occasion by praying so that this will bring about peace because it is pleasing in the sight of God who desires for all men to be saved and come to the truth, to the knowledge of the truth. We can at least do this, but also we are required to voice out godly wisdom, whether it's listened to or not, that's regardless. But I gave you an example. God used Daniel in the life of Nebuchadnezzar and he heeded 
to the instructions given to him. So don't lose heart. Don't think that God is not able to use you. God can use anyone for the glory of his name. We need to pray that he will preserve this nation and its godly values and righteous values that were founded on, Bi on the Bible and its biblical views. However, uh, his will will be done and we have to deal with the consequences of his just judgment and justice that will befall this nation that is headed into the wrong direction at a moral level, at a spiritual level, at all levels for that matter. May God have mercy on all of us. May God have mercy on the authorities. May God have mercy on all who are in office and those who have been granted this power to use it wisely to the glory of God, rather to the destruction of this nation and society. All of these things are extremely important, folks. So I want to remind you, as always, to listen to uh, the previous one. Go to our uh, uh, website, www.sierrainternational.com. We have a section for Let Us Reason. Remind you also to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. And if the Lord puts it in your heart, we remind you also to become a Patreon patron. Give through that monthly or give through PayPal or any other means. We thank you for your donations. And until we meet again next week, have a blessed week. Take care. This is Al-Fadi. <laughs>